welcome to another episode of my podcast. I'm getting right into it because I'm very excited to have our guest on. Um, I just got into the show 60 Days In. I'm obsessed with it. And this person was on the show. He's one of my favorite people to be on the show. Um, and I'm very excited to have him here. Give it up for Abner. Woo, 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 woo. How are you thank doing? You, thank you. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> How long has it been since you were on the show? How long have you been out of jail? It's been over a year. I want to say it was uh, pre-COVID, of course. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, man, I just got into the show. So my boyfriend was telling me about the show. My friend Chappelle Lacey was telling me about the show. And every time someone told me about it, I was like, this sounds so good and interesting and I need to watch. And I started with your season and your storyline is so interesting. For people who don't know what 60 Days In, how would you describe it? I would I describe it? I would describe it as uh, an experiment for civil people to <laughs> experience confinement. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty insane. So essentially, like, you know, people sign up to be a part of this program and a part of this show, and they take everyday regular people to go to jail for 60 days ideally people can obviously leave early if they feel like you know their life or their safety or health is being threatened but the goal is pretty much to stay in for 60 days kind of take a look at what can be changed in the particular jail and then report it to you know yeah. the people who work at the jail and hopefully be able to change the jail in the system for the better right Yes, exactly. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Do you think that the sheriffs and the people who run the jail actually care about changing it? Because I feel like with your season, when I was watching, like, the end, once you once all the participants kind of give their two cents on what they observed and what they thought could change, I felt like the sher sheriffs and, you know, the people in charge of the jail, like, didn't really care, it seemed like. Yeah, I'm going to say something that I'm not under contract anymore, but... Hell yeah. You know, this show's Hollywood. You know, the, the, the editing they do, the music, everything else. I've never been Hollywood. I'm not Hollywood. I've been on the other side of the wall. And I can say for all the other participants, you know, if I was a civil person and would want to go to a 60 days in jail, something's wrong with me. See, with, with me, it's, it's different because anybody that you ask that's done real time, 60 days is nothing. You know what I mean? For home down payment or whatever, like I did, you know, an investor money. But I want to say that a lot of the people in there was in there for the wrong reasons. Like, I'm a chaplain and I call it like it, like it is. It was like, Bullshit. Yeah, you're not you only know. a chaplain, but you're a shot caller. Yeah, so... Get you a man who can like, do both. Yeah, definitely. And um, I have a different way of even ministering to people and talking to people. Like, I'm not going to sit here sugarcoat it like it's a lovely day. Like, like, that's not how life is or religion or anything, period. But when I went in there, I went in there for the right reasons. I didn't have to go. Like financially, it was not even going to do a dent. Yeah, because I, I was looking online. Is it true that you get paid, like compensated essentially $3,000 for being on the show? Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, it's pretty accurate. I want to say uh, I'll, I'll round it off because I don't know how much the other participants got paid. Mm. But <laughs> I want to say it's close to like 40000 you know. And um, pretty much it's still on A&E then Hulu, and then uh, during the pandemic, Netflix bought it and, and came back. I already had left social media because it was too much. It was overwhelming. Oh, so do you get but, residuals um, for it? Or no? No, it's, no, no, no. It's not, uh, it's reality TV. Yeah. So no monologues. It's, it's real. It you seems go like... In there it seems like a lot of the girls who go on the show uh, have pretty successful OnlyFans after the show. 
I was I was searching yeah. up everyone. I was like, I wonder what everyone's up to now. And I'm like, damn, all of these girls have gotten OnlyFans. Yeah, uh, I want to say not everybody went. That's why I say if you're a civil person and you go in there to do this show, something's wrong with you. Either you cloud chasing or, or something's wrong with you. Like totally. with me, I didn't I didn't appreciate the the drama that came with it, the you know now I'm used to it because I could go out to the mall and take five, ten pictures with ten different people. Yeah. People actually recognize me, you know? And um I now I, I embrace it. But some people, no. Yeah. Like you know, like for the wrong reasons. So and th- um I I think that brings up a good point because, you know, your story was very interesting. I mean, before I started watching, I think maybe the first or second episode, your season was the first one I watched. And the first or second episode, I'm telling my boyfriend, I'm like, I want to go on the show. I want to see how I do in jail. And then by the end, I'm like, oh, I can't. Like, I, I truly don't think I could do this. Like, it really seems difficult. Um, but like you were saying, you know, some people probably get into it for the wrong reasons. Your kind of motive for going in was that you had been, you had served time previously, you know, three sentences, I think it, you said. You'd yeah, three I've done consecutive uh, two, two state and one federal. Okay, so you had already served time in jail. You knew what it was like, you know, authentic, the authentic experience of being someone who is sent to jail, not for a reality show, but for real. And then when you got out, how quickly when you got out, because you became a chaplain, how quickly after getting out did you realize you wanted to kind of change your life in that way and go in a different direction? Like, was it easy for you to kind of make that choice or was there a program that came into your jail or prison where you got introduced to that? No, I want to say 100% the system is a failure, Yeah. period. Period. There's no, I don't care who, where, what state. I've been around federal state inmates. Terrible. Like the reentry programs are terrible. It's a business. I've been in jails, prisons, where they have literally packed us up and said, uh, Abner, could you clean up here? And there's six of us in the jail and they're closing down because it's private owners. It's a business. It's a business. Like whoever says it's not, it's a business. When I was in Georgetown in New York and whoever was governed over here, they closed it down. Money, business. Livingston, same same prison I left when I came from, from Georgetown from the program. Like, it's crazy. And um, it was me. I wrote a book on it. And um, this is how it all came about with 60 Days In. I wrote a book. Plug I that book. Plug the book. Yeah, the book is on The Pastor's Son. It's on Amazon. It's been there for like seven, eight years now. Okay. Long time. Even before Abner existed on reality TV. And um, I was minding my own business. I wrote the book, came out on 700 Club. And um, pretty much I just ministered to little young kids or whoever, jails, wherever. And um, when I was in prison, uh, fast rewinding, when I was in prison my last time, I was in a solitary confinement for a year. Everybody okay. knows my story. That's why Andy bought it. And um, pretty much when I was in the box, SHU, I was going to commit suicide, you know, and I was going to give this, I was going to give, um, I was going to um, give this CEO a hard time, a correction officer. So he gave me a Bible. Long story short, I read it. It blew my mind because I had, no distractions. So it was fully for a year reading the Bible. So I didn't have no TV, no human contact, nothing, not it, absolutely nothing. And um, I contradicted the Bible with a dictionary and everything. And and um, I came home a, a different person. I, I dropped the gang I was with. I, I how do you hold the gun? I don't know anything about like gangs or I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to prisons and jail and all of that stuff. Yeah. How how difficult is it to drop a gang? It's, it's not difficult at all. Whoever says it is, is lying. Okay. They just want to. They love that lifestyle. Do you have to put Once in like a not- do you have to put in like a two weeks and be like, hey, guys, I had such a good time <laughs> with you. Thank you so no. much. I learned a lot. No. And the 401k is probably life in prison. No, it's uh, 
I pretty much was not used to them. Like a person that's going to church, that's minding his own business. You know, I went home, sold my guns, sold my jewelry, bought a little used Honda, got a job. It's like, what's wrong with this guy? Like, like I'm going to work, man. You know, like goodbye, you know. And you, people just kind of ignore you. So yep. you, you're not you're not of any use anymore, you know? And then, of course, once you start finding God starts blessing you, you start finding fame or whatever. Like now, people generally forgot about you and now they hate you. Mm-hmm. Like, really? Like, you know, but um, that's how everything is in life. You know, you, misery loves company. But um, leaving the gang, I mean, whoever sits here, especially now with this generation, they, they kind of embrace it. So you got a lot of kids, even from the suburbs, claiming this, claiming that. You have no idea how savage the streets are. Yeah. You have none. And was... the, the streets are not social media, you know, like TikTok, you know. And um, I had uh, about over 223,000 followers on TikTok. I deleted it because they didn't understand what I was trying to bring, you know. And um, people are just leading kids to 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 hell to to prison like and, but anybody can leave a gang like yeah you're so, no use anymore so when you went on the show you you know your kind of motivation for going on this was you having already been and served time and then you know changing your life around leaving the gang you know becoming a chaplain what does that mean exactly to be a chaplain what is that a chaplain, well, anybody can YouTube it, but a chaplain is, um, the story came about when it was uh, four different religions, you know, military servicemen, and uh, they were at war. And a uh, chaplain, pretty much, the word came from serving anybody. Like, you know, when, when a chaplain prays, he just prays to a higher power. So they don't pray to God, they don't pray to Allah, you know, they just minister to anyone and say, hey, you know, I want to pray for you, you know, you know, mighty, mighty, you know, father in the heavens yeah. or whoever, you know. And um, that's basically what a chaplain does. And a chaplain just helps people. Like okay. when you give someone a dollar in the street, you can either give it to them or walk away. A chaplain will give it to them, but give them a word with it, too, you know, or a prayer. That's just it's just ministry, just helping other people, you know. You don't have to sit here and put it on social media like some people do for clout. Like, yeah, I don't do that. I've never done it. And I, I could do content all day with it. But a chaplain just helps hospitals, prisons. It's kind of minister to anyone with no dis- discretion toward their religion, sexuality or anything. Yeah. So then you so then you became a chaplain and then your goal on the show was essentially to just kind of be able to help these guys know that there's more for them out there. And you kind of wanted to be like the mentor figure because you had been in their position before. Um, do you yeah. feel, I mean, cause I obviously only saw the show from how they edited it and how they portrayed you. Do you feel like you were able to accomplish that goal or do you feel like you kind of got caught up in the old Abner ways or do you feel like you weren't portrayed exactly, you know, how things might've gone down? Yeah, as far as me doing the show, yeah, I went kind of like, kind of like the old me kicked in. It was but so good. It, because, was, it, it was so funny because you're, you know, before you go in, they you get to know all of the people entering the program, and you're like, you know, I'm going in there. I have a, I have a higher purpose. Which I wish, which I wish I did it. Which I wish I did it. I wish they would have just sent me in by myself. I didn't need any of them. But it was any so. But it was so good because you're just like you know before you see you enter the jail, we're just kind of like in your head you're thinking like, oh, I wonder how he's gonna do this. I wonder how long it's gonna take for him to like reach these people. And as soon as the doors open and you're in there, these fools come up to you and they're like, are you Chicano? Like, what's going on, man? And you're like, here we go. Yeah. And it was like off to the races from the jump. Yeah, it was like deja vu. So it was not, it was in an environment that I, I already had been in. And um, it was kind of hard in the park that I couldn't tell someone, hey, man, I'm from a reality TV show. Basically, I'm a snitch. Um, There's cameras here and all that. They're listening to the phones. Everything you say, the microphones are everywhere. 
You know, you can hear a fart in here. They're going to listen to it. Like, but you can't say that to them. So it, that's where it became difficult for me. And that's where my frustration kicked in, you know, and um, pretty much I was like gun ho, you know? Yeah, because I guess it would be hard to try and almost take the mentorship role when people don't know your backstory and you can't describe that to them. It's hard to say there's more out there when you are with them in jail at that moment. Yeah, you become um, one of them. What do you think you is worse? What do you think? I don't know. What do you, What's worse, being a snitch in jail or being a chomo? Oh, a chomo. Chomo's like a the chomo. worst of the worst, right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much somebody that told on somebody, especially if it's not someone that's not important or whatever, they kind of just forget about it or brush it off. Or... You could they, you could just mind your own business. They won't bother you. You could become Muslim, whatever, you know. Yeah. But because a lot of people do that, they become Muslim. I never been a Muslim, but they do it. They grab the Quran. Hey, man, you know, and, and that's their protection. But when you're a chomo or rapist, man, you pretty much green light. You pretty much like if someone wants to transfer to another jail, you're getting cut. You're getting cut or stabbed for yeah. free. And, like, and, and, and after after your 60 days in, I mean, I thought it was so funny because I mean, I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but whatever. You have to watch it. Even if I give spoilers away, they had kind of a secret dude. Steve, was that his name? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. So so they had one participant who was a secret to all other participants. And this guy thought he was the shit. He ended up leaving like what seemed to be maybe not even a weekend. He's like, I can't. Not, no, it was not even three days. It was wow. not even three days. Yeah. But, but there was actually another one that they never even filmed. He only lasted two meals. No and he was way. In the same unit. Yeah, he was in it. They didn't film it. They threw the film out or whatever. They probably still have it. But um, it was only two meals and the guy went in there. Hey, man, who's got blow? Like, I was like, yeah, this guy's from 60 Days In. Why they even bring this dude? It was like a bald-headed dude, stocky from Boston. It was a secure uh, uh, a police or some, something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you putting these dudes in here with me? No, you're just making things more complicated for me. But he ended up giving away his two meals and left by lunch, wow. breakfast and lunch. And he was gone. <laughs> so, like, so what do you think? Like, like, do you you were saying from your experience in this uh, jail in Arizona, Pinal County, right? Pinal County. Yeah. Pinal. Uh, Pinal County, you were saying your suggestion, because the big controversy that was happening in your pod was a lot of the like race issues, you know, there were the Woods, there were the Chicanos, there were the kinfolk, and there was one kid who came in, Ikaiko, right? Ikaiko, yeah. And he was like a super mixed dude. He was like Hawaiian, black, white, and right, you yeah. were kind of having this talk with him about how he needs to pick a race and how serious that is in jail. And I was yeah. asking my boyfriend about this. Like, it's not necessarily that these people are racist. Right? Some of them, I imagine, are pretty racist, but it's more about just yeah. like the tradition of how things are ran. Yeah, oh, the whole, the whole... Florence, Maricopa, Pinal County, the whole Arizona is like that. And um, I even experienced it in the, the time that I was even there. You could, I'm good at reading vibes. And, and I can tell when people are just that tight. You know, I'm a New Yorker, so we're different over here. You know, we're like <laughs> multicultural, you, you name it, you know. We embrace all tourists, et cetera. Even in the prison, it's different. But there is by race. Yeah. And and I I and I, you know, before I went there, I Googled and I already knew who, who was what and what was what, you know. So I did my research before going in there, how the clicks run and everything. And it was by race. And um Ikaika being uh he's Samoan actually, and um and uh black. So in California, I've been around Samoans from California and the feds, they run different real different like they're their own world mm-hmm. but it has nothing to do with race that's just who they are you know like just like mexicans or puerto ricans or you know whites because some, some people think because you're white oh yeah well you're automatically 
Aryan nation. No, you have bikers, you have different gangs. Like yeah. it's it's broken up. So then I was wondering, because you suggested at the end, once all the participants get to kind of say their experience and what they think could be corrected, your suggestion was that they could, there could be, um, what what did you call it, like color drop pods? Yeah, it's a, is it up, upstate New York is like a color uh, drop zone. Drop zone meaning you drop your colors. Like you don't believe in no gangs, you don't believe in no no race, no religion, nothing. You're just a neutral person trying to do your time and go home. And some people might look at it like, well, you know, that's like for snitches. No, because you there's literally people in there that don't want, just want to go home. And it's it's hard when you got to deal with politics. So you're doing like a year, two years. And it's like, I've seen people get one year and end up doing 20 years. Like I, I've literally met people that are, that are like in their forties. And I'm like, you've been in here since you were 16 and you started with a one year sentence. Like, yeah, man, I killed this guy. I stabbed this guy. Like, so that's why I say it it should be even separated everywhere. Like there's no control. They just let the inmates do what they want to do. Yeah. And, and there's no control. That was the impression I got was that that that's why I felt like the show, you know, as entertaining as it is, there is this dark side of it where you realize that no one wants these guys and girls who are in the facility to get better. There's no way to, you know, make it. It's hard because part of me watching it was like, oh, that sucks that they only get two meals a day and the meals are disgusting. Like, of course, they're all mad. They're sleeping on metal beds. Like, I would be miserable, too. I would be starting shit. I'd be so angry. But at the same time, it's like, I guess you don't want to make it too comfortable because then it might be better than people's, you know, living situations outside. It's this weird thing where I, you know, don't know. Like, do you feel like there is a way to make the system better for prisons and jails? Or do you think it's just one of those things? There, that- there, there is a way, especially when they're young. Like, don't put young kids, right, And I don't mean kids because they're adults. 18 and up, you kill somebody, you're an adult. Like, you're not a little kid. You're you're a murderer. But people that young, young, young guys that are 18 to like 21, 23, there should be a program implemented by the government saying, hey, you can't violate this guy and send him to a max prison like they did with me. Because it's not that you become a coward. You become educated. You become educated in the system. Mm. You know what's the shank. You know how to hide drugs, suitcase, booth, whatever you want to call it. There's different, you know, but this is the school you go to. But if you catch someone before they even experience that and tell them, hey, listen, we're going to give you an opportunity. But don't just give them an opportunity and say, hey, we'll put you on probation. No implement something with that, you know, program, uh, 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 school, something, you know, but that's in a package because the, the system can work, but sadly, this is ran by rich people and it's even from the commissary is ran by rich people, politicians, yeah. politi- like anybody will tell you what's the tour when they come in with a pad and they're writing, these are investors. They're coming in there and they look at you like cattle. Mm. Like you're 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 just cattle. And um it should be a program, but it's it's a business. Sadly, the United States is a business that makes millions. So if you have a suburb with a population of 300, and I and I'll put it just like it is: a population of 300 whites, they need work. So what's the work? Let's lock up 2,000, 4,000 inmates that are black and Hispanics or minority white, and let's make money off of them and give a billion of a job. That's that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. It's no sugarcoating it. And when you're in there, you realize these things. You're like, wait a minute. This is, you know, so I went in there thinking they were going to make a difference. I hope that Sheriff Land made a difference 
because the commissary is terrible. There's no microwave. I've seen people stab people and say, I'm going to kill this guy and I'm going to a max prison because they feed me better. Wow. So I'm just going to take, I'm already doing life. So I'm just going to take this guy's life and stab him 20, 30 times in the neck, in the face, in the head, in the eye. And I'm going to a max prison and, and they'll drop the knife, handcuff. <laughs> Y'all see you later. Because they prefer to be in, 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 do something like that and be treated better. Yeah. Sadly, but true. Yeah, that's so wild. Do you, I mean, jail and prison seems awful. Do you, are there any like, because in my head, like this is just a very stupid way of thinking, but part of me is like, oh, it'd be kind of nice to go to jail and just like get really buff and like read the Bible, get spiritual and just kind of like get shit together. Obviously, that's not how it works. Um, <laughs> it would be a lot no. different than that. But like, were there any parts of it that you felt were like, oh, this is kind of nice? Was there anything that like gave you comfort while you were locked up either on the show or when you were really locked up? No. The chaplain in that prison is horrible. Yeah. There was a guy, and he follows me, Tyrus. He couldn't even get a Quran. Is he is he out? I loved Tyrus. Yeah, no, Tyrus is out. There's a couple, there's like a little couple interviews of not interviews, but me and him on uh on lives. Oh okay. and um he he couldn't get a Quran, you know, and I I even had personally order a Quran for him because it the chaplain was a Mormon. Mm. See, Arizona is full of Mormons. No offense, but don't discriminate when that's your job. You're a chaplain. So he couldn't even get a Quran. So it's like the only piece that I found was laying in my bunk at night and just and and and, and you kind of can't get on your knees and be super religious. So I just used to pray laying down. That was my my peace of mind. That was my um my wusa, my kind of like, you know, like I'm, I'm in the zone meditating, like what's my next move? And that's what, every, while everybody was sleeping, I was plotting thinking like, and that's that's a, a natural instinct, I guess people have, you know, and um, I even saw the psychologist and he said, no, you're, you're gonna be fine. <laughs> I highly doubt that you will have a problem. Yes. Yeah, you know, so, so there's a psychologist uh, with the reality show, correct? They don't yeah, really they don't really show it on the show. But do you ever when they pull you out to talk to the camera and do the one on one interviews? Do you ever talk to the psychologist and they just don't show that on the show? No, you talk to the psychologist before the show, before you even uh, go to the jail. Yeah. So the psychologist talked to you. You have a couple sessions. You you're free to call them whenever you know. And um, and I did. You know, just because I actually went through a process like that to to take myself away from the streets and that lifestyle. So I already know what the criminal thinking is. So when someone is like, "Well, you're a criminal," well, I beg to differ. I haven't committed a crime in over ten years, and I'm soon to, soon to be a Canadian citizen. So I, I beg the difference. Congrats. You know, like, yeah. So, I mean, and I just, I experiment with myself and, and my life. Like, I wrote books. I went to jail. I did a reality TV show. But I just challenged myself to do better now. Yeah. So did, did, that criminal thinking is is a culture. Did the producers of the show ever, like, kind of have a talk with you when you were doing the one-on-one interviews with them about you really stepping into the uh to the enforcer role were they did they give you any warnings did they say like you got to ease up or were they like go for it uh i mean even if they would get they did kind of like but i didn't care like like i'm not i'm from brooklyn i'm from new york like you pay me we're doing it like forget what you're saying like I, I don't care. You're not going to make me look bad because if I would have sat there and laid in the bed, well, you're a punk. You just laid in the bed like Robert or any other other participant from the other season. So I'm like, no, you know, and um, sadly, the first producer was fired <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'll put him on blast. <laughs> Wait, why? You know, he was like <laughs> doing too much mm. too 
Like when I say too much, I mean too much, mm. too much. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, everybody, even everybody noticed it. Like, hey man, what's wrong with this guy? And he ended up getting fired about after a week. It was like total chaos. Did the, are the, we came? Are the producers good at keeping it low key? Because you see on the show they enter the pods and they kind of talk to everyone, you know, because they're pretending they're making like a documentary. But it seems like in some of the episodes they they get called out for kind of talking to the same people longer. So how dangerous is that? And like, what responsibility do they have? (laughs) They pretty much need to fix that if they're going to do a season seven for real. Or just send a kamikaze in there with a camera and let's make a movie because mm-hmm. inmates are not stupid. Like they know, they know, you know, me, they were trying to figure me out because they're like, man, this guy really doesn't talk like, man, he, he's, he talk, he's like a criminal. He's got tattoos, gang tattoos. Like, no, he can't. But when they're coming in, like, hey, yeah, you know, they're, yeah, guys, yeah, we're gonna, yeah, come, yeah, you know, and they're actually asking me, hey, um, AB, can I go interview? Yeah, man, go ahead, man, you good, man. Just don't tell them nothing about the pot. They're asking me, <laughs> the real inmates, can I go <laughs> interview with them? So I'm like, go ahead, because, you know, when you're in there, it's a woman, you know, and she was the coolest one, especially the, the producer. Yeah. That was a, the, the coolest one. And, um, but they kind of figured it out. I mean, it's been already six seasons now. Yeah, so and, um, that must be dangerous, though, because obviously being a snitch isn't as bad as being a chomo, but being a snitch is pretty bad, you know? So <laughs> oh, yeah. So you you said that you talked to Tyrus, you do Instagram Lives with him, so he's out of jail. Um, but was he upset to find out? Did he have a feeling? Like, do you keep in touch with the participants and the inmates? Like, were any of them mad at you after? Did you get any backlash from that? No, no. I, I had, um, actually, I actually have a few of them that I'm going to be doing something with. And, um, they actually know, they understand me. Like, for some reason, criminals know each other. Ex-cons inmates, you know, and they understand now what I was trying to do, you know, because the person you see in there is not the person that's out here. And um, they understand what I was doing. Everybody else, pretty much even they didn't like, and I spoken to them like, they're like, nah, I didn't like this guy. And this guy over here, I definitely didn't like. Let me guess, did they not like uh, a man named David who was on your season? Yeah, they definitely, yeah. Yeah, not only because they didn't even know him, but once they went home and watched the show, like, hey, you know, it's kind of like, a, you know, wait a minute. Like, but Abner wasn't doing that. Like, they know they were in there with me. So they know any editing, they know what, what really went down. And um, they never looked at me that way. Like, they, they know that I did it to help. Yeah. Like, and um, I was generally there with them and they needed a suit. If they needed a honey bun, here you go, man. You hungry? Here you go. Like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a real dude, and, and my vibes, my vibes are good. But when you're a grimy person and your vibes are just like weird vibes, people sense that. Like, even on social media, people know weird vibes. Like, yeah. dude, like. Calm down, like, you know what I mean? Well, it was so crazy because David on your season was doing so well in terms, at least from watching it, it seemed like he was really holding down the fort. He, like, had people listening to him. Like, it seemed like he was really... It got a little bit weird. He kept, like, trying to really, like, uh, goodwill hunting his pod and be like you know, check your pride, man. Like, I'm he- like, you guys just got to talk about it, hold hands, like, look into each yeah. other's eyes and make up, you know. He was trying to come come, come around, like, the hippy-dippy way and whatever. And it seemed like he was doing well. Like, his pods seemed to be, like, under some sort of control. And all of a sudden, he just, spoiler alert, big spoiler alert, 
he essentially snitched on everyone, on every participant yeah. in the show, and it resulted in all of you getting pulled out of the show and of the jail due to his uh, talking about being a part of the show to one of the right. And, and this is this is the thing. This is what I would have preferred. I would have preferred not meeting any of them. Mm. Period. Any of them. You know what I mean? I didn't go to jail to make friends. I didn't go on a reality TV show to find a lifetime reality TV co-defendant. No, stay over there. I live my life. You live your life. And um, I just felt like if, if he would have just toned it down. See, because people talk about snitching, right? A civil person has the right to snitch. A civil person is a civil person. Like, you can't go hit a civil person and, and just knock them out and think they're not going to call 911 and press charges and, and take the stand and testify, right? So David is a civil person. He's not hood. You're not a criminal. You're not a felon. You're a cop. Play a cop. But I know cops that are loyal to their partners. Mm -hmm. Like, Take some of that, learn from me, and be a better person. Don't do the King Kong. Too many King Kongs out here. Like, you, you, you got to humble yourself. And um, I was just trying to do that. And um, I wasn't in his pod, so I don't know the, what they were doing over there. Yeah. From but what I saw in the show. <laughs> but... <laughs> So now that you've gotten to know me a little bit in the past, however long we've been recording, do you think that I could go on the show and somehow survive? I think, I think definitely you can, especially the, the jails they pick. They're not prison, the jails. Yeah. But I think with the amount of information you have and um, not only the, because it takes a person that cares or has some type of compassion to have a passion for or a drive for something they want to do. Mm -hmm. But when you're just like a a regular mo, a cop, a correction officer, a civil person, it's, it's kind of a little different. But for you, you have that interaction and that uh, that intelligence to say, wait a minute. This one's doing this. This one's doing that. You know, I, I actually, so you can pretty much do a whole podcast mm -hmm. out of a jail. Yeah. But in re doing real, real, you know, rather than sit there and bash them and be like, oh, she's a drug addict. She stinks or whatever. Like, don't do that. Like. You're not better than anyone because anyone was good for. Yeah. Know? And and speaking of starting a podcast in jail, I feel like there's a lot of inmates on TikTok. There's I I'm on TikTok. I'm swiping away and I find myself on prison TikTok a lot. It's these dudes making dance videos while <laughs> locked up. And I'm like, how do they get a phone in there? Like, are, do, yeah. does it have to be up the butt or do some prisons? Are they more lax about bringing in? phones you got you got some correction officers that don't get paid enough because they don't get paid enough and some guy in there needs money hey here you go man i need a phone or whatever or the way the jails are some actual jails permit now tablets and phones so a lot of them do use it or they've been in there they recycle them or whatever yeah and um Pretty much, if you already have a phone in there, you could actually just buy minutes over the phone. Like, hey, send me the PIN number to the minutes or whatever. So you don't... It, technology is advanced now to the point that once the phone is in there, but you could get it in visit. It's all depending on where you're at. Okay, so, um, so not everyone is shoving an iPhone 6 up no. their butthole. Hey, guys, speaking of shivs and shanks and shoving things up your butthole, um, one of my favorite razors that would be great if you're going to jail to bring in with you is the Billy Razor. You might have heard me talk about it. It is truly one of my favorite razors. Um, not only its design, but also just 
how good the razor is and they have subscriptions so you can get a razor sent to your house once a month every two months every three months and they have really good i love the shaving cream i normally just use shampoo or conditioner as shaving cream but once i use theirs i was like oh this actually serves a purpose and is a real product that actually um, is used for what it is. Um, so I love their shaving cream. I love their razor. Billy, honestly, I never knew that there was a difference between razors. I just thought that you used a razor until it got rusty and then you continued to use it for centuries. Um, and that you, I thought you were supposed to bleed when you shaved, especially around the knees and just generally on the legs and especially around the ankles. Turns out with the Billy razor, you most likely won't cut yourself shaving. Um, it's a smooth shave. Um, it feels really nice. It's very moisturizing. And, uh, I think you should give it a try. Why not? Treat yourself. Make yourself feel special. This razor truly will make you, it feels like an upgrade. It really, especially with the holder being a magnet on the wall, a tiny little triangle magnet, it feels classy, it feels new, it feels fresh. Um, don't suffer another second paying a pink tax. That's also annoying. If you buy a razor in the stores and it's like a pink razor or like branded for women, it's more expensive than a men's razor. And Billy said, F that, no pink tax on our products. So don't suffer another second paying a pink tax for a bad shave. Go to mybilly.com slash Mac to get the best razor you will ever own while supporting this show. Billy is half the price of other razors plus free shipping always. Just go to mybilly.com slash Mac. That's mybilly.com slash A-L-I-M-A-C. That's mybilly.com slash Mac. Um, it's the great it's the great razor that you've been looking for, and it's also the great weapon to bring into jail with you if that's, you know, where your life is going. Stay safe. Stay shaved. Go to mybilly.com slash Mac. Back to the podcast. No, no, no. Okay, that's no, good to know. No. I was really concerned about how the size of that going in and out and what damage that causes after. Oh, so. no. I, I'll tell you a quick story. I was on a transfer in a prison, Max prison. And uh, at the time, years ago, I used to smoke cigarettes, whatever. And this guy's like, hey, man, watch the gate for me. The gate is, you know, the door. So he comes out and he's like, lighter, tobacco, papers. I'm like, this guy was like forever <laughs> pulling stuff out like a, a rabbit hat, right? <laughs> so <laughs> he's like, hey, man, and, you know, he goes, cleans it up. And I'm like... He's like, I got some weed too, you know, and um, they're very, 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 I want to say, um, man, talented, you know, and this guy had, trust me, he was not, you know, gay or I have nothing against gay people or anything, but he was just a convict. Mm -hmm. And it just opened my eyes like, wow, this guy literally had razors in there, everything like it's crazy. I mean, so, that's yeah. determination. People look down on inmates, but no one's really willing to put all that up their butthole. So you got to give them credit where credit is due. Oh, yeah. They, no, they, especially like they can put that on a resume they, when they get out. You know, they're applying for a job. They're like, you should see what this b-hole does. You would hire me in a second. You're right. You know, it's sad, but true. Like some guys like. I did supervising one time when I was doing construction and the guys were going there, hey man, I'm on parole. Man, I man, I adapt quickly. Listen, man, I done time over the wall. And I'm like, bro, we're just doing construction here. Like, we're we're taking down walls, grab the sledgehammer, like, but it's true. Some guys are institutionalized and they actually stay like that forever. Like. It's crazy. And you can notice. I, I notice when it's someone that's institutionalized. Well, the I way they move and everything. I imagine when you go into jail and prison for the first time, like you probably feel lost and then all of a sudden you're surrounded by other people who felt lost at one point and have found kind of this hierarchy. And I imagine it can be pretty comfortable and almost like nurturing in a way, like the way you were with Akaiko, Akaiko, Akaika, 
Yeah, Ikaika. Yeah, Ikaika. It felt like it felt very paternal. Like you were kind of taking the place of like a father figure to him. And so I imagine, like you know, if he if you were in there for a longer time and with him, like that might feel better than what it feels like outside in the real world if he doesn't even have a father or something. Yeah, no, and it's it's, it's true. Is is and I've been there. You know, I've done that, and it's true. Like. It's different. You, a mom can't teach a son how to become a man. So when the system takes that role, it's, it's not going to go good. It's not going to go good. And that's what's, what's happening now. And someone like Ikaika, which he's doing good now, he's living in California. He's doing uh, background acting. He's <gasps> pursuing a career in that. Is he in L.A.? So I got to hit him up. Yeah, he's doing real good. He's out there. And um, he understood it's weird because nobody else understood, but he understood. Do you think? And, um, do you think that slap knocked some sense into him? I think the reality check, not necessarily the physical, the the slap, but what 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 the the point across of watching the whole show because I'm sure he went home watched it and got input from his family or someone positive and said, "Hey, that guy was really trying to help you." Like. That guy wasn't out there like, you know, I could have punched. I could have just, you know, stalled, you know. But those guys in there, like, I prepared myself 30 days in me before that. I used to work out, creatine, like, I, I was ready for anybody in there. Like, it, it was not going to be that, like, you hit me and I'm going to hit the floor. CO, come get me. No, it was going to be, we was going to go at it. So I was very cautious with, even him. I didn't want to hurt him, you know. And you um, think, he's a good dude. Do you he's think, a good kid. Yeah, he seems very well, sweet. He's a man. I mean, you seem like a great guy, too. I, I loved that you were on the show. I feel like it's a great introduction season. For anyone who hasn't watched 60 Days In, I feel like season five is a great place to start. Um, but I was wondering, would you go back? Like, would you be willing? I mean, I don't think you could at this point. You're probably too well known. But would you go back into jail, like, for the same purpose? Or do you think... You you're you're would, you're over it. Yeah, I, I I would go back. We could go Nebraska, Alaska, somewhere where they don't know me, and you know, hey, I'll I'll do a little Jay Balvin, dye my hair, whatever, you know. But uh, you look good with a bleach head. I definitely head. would. But I would say that I have things on my mind and projects that will involve something like that, but a little more raw that have nothing to do with. A&E or Netflix, it'll be something that I'm going to do, you know, and, um, you know, God willing, the doors will open up. <laughs> Good for you. I am. Um, before we get out of here, a lot of people sent in questions for you. I think you're I think it's pretty easy to say you're most people's favorite person on this show. Would you yeah. disagree <laughs> or agree? No, people people kind of gravitate to me like my story pretty much goes into a single mom, goes into a fatherless kid, goes into a, someone with addiction, um, religion. My story just pretty much, a lot of people gravitate to it. Doesn't matter your, your race or, or how much money you have. I've encountered and I have people that are like in the hierarchy of Hollywood you know, and I don't want to put them on blast that they generally found me in the airport like, hey, and I'm like, whoa, that's really you. Like, how do you even recognize me? Like, hey, man, here's my number. You need anything? Let me know. Like, but people just gravitate to me like I'm real. I'm not going to sit here and, and and be like, put up a movie like I'm real. I'm a, even in this, even when I go somewhere like even when I was doing TikToks. I could go in the mall and take pictures with people. Like, people love me. Like, and, oh, like, they're going to do something to you. They're not going to do nothing. They love me. They When they see me, they're, like, shocked. Like, yo, are you, are you, hey, look, this is, call the whole family over. Like, let's take a picture. I know my you heart, know? my heart, my heart was racing when you joined the Zoom. I was like, oh, my God, here we go. Um, <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions to so just, Answer them as briefly as possible because there were so okay. many questions uh, in for you. Um, 
If there was one moment you could relive during your time there, which would it be? One moment? Mm -hmm. I wish they would have showed it, but there was a guy in there that I prayed with and cried with that had an addiction, Mm -hmm. which he's doing real good now. And he comes from a wealthy family. I wish that I would have left there that day with him and just embarked on a journey with him, helping him. You know, like, it's as weird as it might sound with him. Like, the show didn't even matter. It was just that person, you know, helping that person. Because yeah. that's my passion. <laughs> that's really nice. Um, what, do, do a lot of people think this show is fake? And would you say that there's anything fake about the show besides maybe the editing portraying certain things differently than they might actually be? Like, is there anything that might be fake about the show? No, like they don't give you caviar. They don't give you steak. Like you're in jail. Your your cellmate's going to poop right next to you. Like he might not flush. It's jail. Those are real inmates. They script it how they want, but it's real jail. Those are real people doing time, you know, a real individual. And you had a tattoo on your back that was formerly a Latin Kings tattoo, and then you had it covered up. But it showed in the beginning people kind of called you out for that early on and asked you about the tattoo. Did that ever get in the way any further, or did they just take your word for it that you aren't a part of Latin Kings? Well, I had a couple tattoos before the show. I had a tattoo on my neck that said, uh, fuck the police, and I took it off. Mm. With surgery. I don't think that would have pretty much <laughs> done good for the show. And the one on my back, I pretty much put like a regular clown uh, crown on it and covered the initials of the game. But at that moment, when I was in there, I was like, dang, I just got here. The show's over. I'm going home. So I kind of like caught myself. Wait a minute. Just take it easy. And I kind of just went with the vibe you know, and read them and, okay, they're not really a threat. So let me just fall back. I'm not even going to, you know. But that moment was a little bit, I thought it was over. Not that I was scared of of just throwing punches, but I was like, dang, I just got here. Yeah, that would Already, you know. Um, Can you get every kind of drug in prison? Yeah, you could probably get every kind of drug and any drug that they're inventing. <laughs> There's like Pretty unknown much. drugs in there, like trial. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's there's genius ways of consuming them too. So yeah, yeah. do people mostly just boof it, or just regular? Yeah. Take it? yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there's actually people that have careers going to jail as mules and um, taking something in, catching a little case. Come back and, uh, you know, they bail them out. Yeah, I dropped it off. No way. Oh, yeah. It's a reality. It'll never stop. (laughs) Wow. Do people at your church or kids or, like, any family members see you differently now? Or do you have any kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Did they watch the show? Like, did did they feel like, oh, damn, I got to listen to dad now. He's he's serious business. Yeah, no. Pretty much they've been listening to me, but it's more like people at my church, it's more like I go and sometimes I have like an awkward moment and they're like, and sometimes people will visit the church just to kind of take a picture or something. And it's kind of weird sometimes, but I'm used to it now. And it's like, I embrace it, but they know I did it for a positive and it, it was jail, but it was a show, you know? Did you get any threats from inmates after the show or just people who watched who had any sort of beef with you? Yeah, I, I actually, you know, and, I, and I'll put this like in a brief way. There's been actually some scary moments and I had to adjust my lifestyle. Um, even from having security around my house, even from having friends that have pistol permits, that are in law enforcement, that'll be around with me or whatever. But not necessarily from the inmates, but from people that are kind of like mentally ill. Mm. And and it's scary. It's scary. And uh, I kind of like keep my private life to myself, even to that point. So I'm very cautious with it. But yeah, I've, I've had scary moments till this day. 
till this day. Like, and they, they're like, go live your life. Like, leave me alone. I know it is sad. You know? I, I get a lot of DMs from dudes and I'm just, I hope that <laughs> it, it is just a lot of like mental illness. And I think it's a lot it of is. like, uh, it's a lot of harmless threats, but it's scary nonetheless. And it feels very real and you don't know. And they keep person. doing them. Yeah. And, and it's scary because the more you interact with them, even if you tell them a no or they saw the message, <gasps> They saw it. Oh, yeah. I, I learned to not interact at all, period, no matter what yeah, it I is. delete. I delete. So this is for all my stalkers. I just delete you. Don't do not do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, to be, I'm a stalker of yours, but I'm like a normal, just like. No, no, like no. Horror. Not that. <laughs> um, what do you feel about the prison food diet? The, the prison food diet? What do you mean? Like the TikTok prison food diet or? No, I guess I think this person's just asking about the food that's in there or like. They're horrible. Horrible. Do you ever horrible. get used to it or is it every single time you're like, oh, shit? I'll tell you what. Before, when I was young, I weighed 115 pounds till I was like 25 years old. Then I went and did seven years and started eating the food and bulked up. Like it literally will bulk you up because it's like soy. Everything's mixed with soy and, you know, but it's horrible. It tastes horrible, but it's actually not bad for you. But it's just, it's sometimes it's just mysterious meat. Hmm. Like, I don't know. And that's what they call it. It's, I don't even know what it is. Like on Turkey Thanksgiving, the turkey's like, like a white that you don't understand. Like, wait a minute. Like this looks like chips of bones in the turkey. Like, Jail food truly scares me, and I don't know if I'd be able to handle it. Um, but luckily, I don't have to eat that stuff. I can eat really healthy things that taste good as well, like Belly Welly. I just tried this product, and I was skeptical because it's, like, all healthy, and it's good for your gut health, and it's all, you know, all natural. And that stuff, kind of the woo-woo stuff intimidates me i'm like is this just for aesthetics is this real i tried it it tastes very good and this is the crazy part about it instead of taking a probiotic which is very good for you daily especially as a woman with a lot of coochie coochie you know needing antibiotics down there a probiotic is very good so um this belly welly snack I like to have it in the morning because I'm not, I don't like a big breakfast in the morning and it comes in a little package. It's easy to eat. It's essentially like taking one probiotic pill. So if you're not really into taking pills, but you want to be healthy, just eat a belly welly a day. Um, I really like it. It tastes yummy. Um, so now I basically get my probiotics in a cookie bar instead of in a pill. And that's lovely, especially because I always forget to take pills. That's why I can't be on birth control. I would just forget, you know, and you can't have that. But one thing I won't forget to do is eat. So very easy. It's good for bloating, chronic fatigue, acne, and even stress. Um, and some food intolerances can all be caused of an, or can all be signs of an unhealthy gut. So this is very good for your gut. So try it out. Go to, um, go get belly welly for 15% off. Um, let me see. I can't see what the code is. Oh, if you go to their website, just type in the code Allie Mac for 15% off. Let me just make sure that's accurate. Cause I don't want you sending, I don't want to send you to the wrong place. Do I sound like I'm having a seizure while I'm doing this? I feel like, let's see. Ah, yes. B-E-L-L-I-W-E-L-L-I dot com. Belly Welly. Get your probiotics in a brownie instead of a pill. Yeah, they have like little sample boxes. They have different flavors. They have fudge brownie, cinnamon coffee. I have the lemon white chocolate. I'm normally not into lemon flavors, but this one's like a nice subtle lemon. Um, they also have minty chocolate. So whatever you're down for, they have it. Try it. Buy it. Use promo code AllieMac for 15% off. Um, and then you won't have to worry about jail food and what might be in that. It's definitely the complete opposite of what's in this. Okay, back to the podcast. Enjoy. Thank you. God bless. 
No, it's horrible. My boyfriend's really skinny, so maybe I'll send him to jail to bulk up a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, they'll bulk him up real quick. He had no choice but to gain weight. How how often did you feel you were in danger? In there? Yeah. Does it kind I of wanna... feel like constantly, like there's always like a base level of danger or threat? Yeah, you, 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 you pretty much have to watch your back. You don't know who wants to swing on you or... And sadly, there's people in there with mental health. They might look normal and talk normal, but something's wrong with them. Mm -hmm. Like, you've been coming, and, and I even say it for myself, like, there was really something wrong with me that I it, it took for me to snap out of it and say, man, so when you're in there, you're like, he looks normal, but I've seen situations where they're friends and they just come from behind and start wailing for a bag of soup or something, like, it's it's crazy like and there was and there was a moment towards the end where you know your fellow chicanos in jail started throwing up some prison sign language and you were catching a vibe that your ass was yeah. gonna be you know handled yeah i was just i was just like who's gonna swing first because i'm definitely gonna swing back you know and i already knew it was gonna there was gonna there was gonna jump it was not gonna be a one-on-one -on -one. are you we were gonna be in there a fight is like a mini. So you swing, police come, and they separate. So I already knew it was going to be quick because the cameras are there, you know. And uh, none of them called me out. So I already knew it was pretty much, let's just jump them, you know. But they knew I was on point from the day I walked in that, that jail. It was, it was not you watching me. I'm watching you. Are you, you, know? are you fluent in prison sign language? It's depending the game. Oh. It's depending the game. Like all gangs have different sign language, especially the gang I was in. They but they changed it every now and then. But like the old school one they were using the sign language, that's old. Like that's really old. Like <laughs> they're like <laughs> that's like minimal. That's like let's keep it in the county. But in prisons over the wall, they change them up all the time. Okay. But I already knew in the morning when they were coming out and they were throwing the, the letters, I already knew each letter stand for something. And, and you could just, they just told on themselves the way they were moving. And it was just, you feel the tension. Um, uh, let me just do a few more questions. Oh, <laughs> someone asked if Allie was doing time with you, would she be a shot caller? I don't think so. I'm pretty non-confrontational. And that's non-confrontational is a good thing. It's a leadership skill. Yeah. So I think in the I think in the woman's pod, yeah. Oh hell I yeah. The I think the screaming and the yelling and the drama, they don't they kind of you could gravitate to the let me just finesse. Like, hey, come here. I, I don't want to argue with you. Like, you know, I think you come across that person like, hey, and manipulate it. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to punch her and take the soup. Just, can I have the soup and I'll give it back to you. There's ways of conning people. <laughs> and I think you can manipulate that. Definitely, yeah. Okay, <laughs> hell yeah. In case I ever get put in jail, I'll have to use your number and make you my first <laughs> call so I know what to do. What uh, What's the best jail recipe that you know about? Like the nachos, the birthday cake. Are there any of, are there any of the jail recipes that you're like, oh, I kind of make that at home because it's so good. Yeah, there's there's one that I like that, and it's the yellow rice. You could get the yellow rice, Uncle Ben's, but I use more like fish. So <laughs> you, some people use tuna, some people use like uh, canned fish, and there's this fish that they're like tilapias in can and um you can just throw it in there put some you know banana peppers in there some hot peppers i would say the rice but fried with like some butter oh hell yeah right i like the rice fried with, with butter i'm not too much of the wraps and all that how do you how do you fry a meal in a pot in jail you get pre-cooked so either you could grab butter from the mess hall I see people cook with uh, ba uh, baby oil, like literally with baby oil. 
Damn. So, I mean, they find ways to do it. I mean, that's if you can't get no butter, but you could pretty much get butter. Like it's pre-cooked rice and chef it up and you'll find a heater, you'll find a plug, anything and just cook, Yeah, you know, and pretty much I would say butter or oil. Okay. Let me see if, uh, let me see if I missed any questions. Was there anything I left out that I wanted to talk about? Did you want to ask any questions? What do you want to ask? Oh, nothing. Okay. Sebastian, any questions? You what? Do you keep in touch with Mark? Yeah, Mark's probably the only one that pretty much follows me and stuff. Mark's, uh, he's, uh, he's still going to church. He's still doing the Bible study. <laughs> he, um, he's a good guy. Mark, Mark's a good guy. He, his intention being well. Yeah, he was a little sweetie. I just loved looking at his little marshmallowy body. He's just a wholesome <laughs> little dude. Um, Mark's a cool cat. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I love this show. I adore you. Um, and do you, I don't know, like, I guess it's too, oh, I had one question I wanted to ask. When I was watching your season, I was asking my boyfriend, I'm like, why don't they just put, why don't they just separate the pods by race? Like, why don't they have one pod that's all white people, one pod that's all the Chicanos, one pod that's all kinfolk? Like, like, do you think that would work as well? Or do you think even that would be, no? It it is legally and by federal laws, you can't do that. Like, that would be a lawsuit waiting to happen sure. like that sheriff will be fired within 24 hours like you're out of there like legally you can't do that and you can't separate them by religion or anything like that but if you would do that they would just find a reason to say hey man the curly hair is over here and the blondes over here they're gonna find a way to segregate themselves anyway okay. like it's it's weird it's weird yeah well thank you so much for doing the podcast if you want to plug anything your social media anything at all let people find you however they choose yeah no i just got the real abner 60 days in on instagram where you found me and that's it uh tiktok i'm not really doing too much uh prison tiktok i'm I'm pretty much no dance videos huh no dance videos no, no, I, no, I got a wooden leg. I can't dance. No. <laughs> Thank you so much, Abner. You're great. Um, you are the realist, like you said, and we all see that and we love it. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you, Ali. Thank you, guys, and uh, have a good one. <laughs> Take care, man. All right, straight cholo. Boom. Bye. Bye. Oh, my friend.